Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Welcome to the show, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. We are live with, and the podcast will rock. That's right. Another live show, another one going down, but a special live show because now we have uh, we've reached a milestone in the show. We have finished our first album in this journey, and that is Fair Warning. So we're here to talk about it, but we're not alone, are we? I am, of course, am your co-host Mark Kamaya. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how are you feeling? You ready to get on on some Fair Warning? I'm excited. We waited 92 episodes to finally finish off our first album, uh, and it's Fair Warning, uh, which tops a lot of people's favorite lists when we had Eric Senich on, and we were talking about everybody's Van Halen six-pack. Uh, I think Fair Warning was was at the top of the majority of those lists. So I'm excited about tonight, and I'm excited about this panel we got here. Hell yeah, man. That's uh like I said, we, we couldn't do this alone because you and I, we, we do a lot of shows, uh, just uh, the dynamic duo ourselves, and we could have talked ad nauseum about Fair Warning, but it's always nice to get fresh perspectives, new perspectives, and what a great panel of people we have right here. Uh, starting off right from the bat, let's give a big welcome to uh, some people you might recognize uh, in name and some people you might know just because they've been on the show. Scott Everett, Sean McGinnity, Scott Monroe, Chaz Mataz, and the gunslinger himself. What is up, everybody? How's it going? Evening, guys. Hello. What's happening, man? Sorry, I was on wow. mute. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool to unmute now. Right, uh, okay, we're good. The intro's done, everything's good. So you just just pipe on in whenever you guys are ready. Great Uh, intro. Love the video intro, guys. That was cool. Oh, thanks. Nice. Very nice. That is good stuff, yeah. Producer extraordinaire, that's Corey. That's all Corey. I do none of that. The CMPU. That's That's the godfather of the podcast, I thought. He is. Well, no, no, no. If, if we're talking Godfather, we got to be talking Gunslinger. We got to talk about our very special guest uh, from the uh, unrivaled leader in rock and roll podcasting. It's the one and only Chris L from Pot Chris of Thunder. L. How's it going, Chris? Thank Ooh, you very yeah. much for coming. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think your production skills are far exceed your uh, grasp for reality. But uh, I, I appreciate the bluster in uh, introducing me, and uh, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on for this episode in particular. I thought he was about to say your production skills far outweigh your uh, podcasting speaking skills, and I was about to just lose my mind uh, because that. Oh was no, he'd be right there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense! You're taking over the podcasting airwaves one podcast at a time. You're 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 so close. If this I'm was trying. the Infinity Gauntlet, you've got at least three stones right now. <laughs> Working on more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're getting some more. Oh, Scott's back here. we got a couple other guys lurking here. we got a bunch of people in the chat. Tar Mumbruster's here. Our friends from Dissect That Film yeah. is here. Yeah, Fat Man with a Guitar. Alan is here. 
Johnny Bean, who a uh, very famous uh, Van Halen YouTuber, he's lurking in the YouTube chat, and he submitted rankings for this show here tonight, too. So we'll be wow. talking about his rankings along awesome. with some of our other special guests, including uh, Eric Senich from the Van Halen News Desk, who hopefully will be around here at some point. Well, we can't go live and not expect a wild Eric Sinish to uh, make an appearance because even if it's very briefly, he typically does. So uh, be on He'll the lookout for that. He'll do while driving his car or something, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. Jeff Brewer is here, Jeff but is barely. barely he but, we, yeah. but you know what? Whatever uh, small percentage of you is is with us, we we love it. We, we appreciate that <laughs> small percentage. So thank you, Jeff. Uh, please feel better soon. Um as I said at the top of the show, man, we, we finished Fair Warning. It's the first album we finished, so now what better way to give it a proper send-off than to uh, discuss it amongst this panel and also give our rankings track by track on how we feel about Fair Warning. Now, uh, people out there might say uh, the rankings are not fair, and that's a warning to you that not all of it is going to go down the way you think it's going to go down. Uh, at least I think so, but I'm, I'm curious to know how the rest of the panel votes. So uh, with, with that firmly in mind, uh, let me ask you guys, are you ready to talk fair warning? Because Scott Haskins ready. Cause he just joined the show. What's up, Scott Haskins. Hey, Scott. And we can hear you. We're off to a Classic. great start with you. <laughs> he, he, he probably just woke up and doesn't even have his mic plugged in yet. So. No, it was just on, so as you uh, know, hey, it didn't have any power, but, uh, you know, <laughs> how much you really want out of me? Gotta love going I mean, live. Look, uh, Jeff Brewer's giving us about 10%, so if you can match at least 10%, we, we're good. Oh, I got 11. Oh, he's got 11. He Wait, goes to what? 11. We're not even playing the Price is Right game yet, and here you are. So, Did you guys uh, hear? Yes, Bob Barker. Yeah, that's right. He, yeah, he uh, got Bob Barker that, literally yes. got closest to a hundred without going over. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, can't even say too soon because that was spot on. But yeah, <laughs> I feel like Bob would probably appreciate that joke. Yeah. So you yeah, know, we're well, just gonna and I'm basing that on nothing. I've never met the man, but I'm just going to assume that. <laughs> can can we really find some way, Corey, to play that? Still owes me twenty time. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, there you have it. So if you guys are uh, uh, ready to get down on the, our rankings of fair warning, what do you say we get this started? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wait. Oh, oh, oh. I was Sorry. playing a little Price is Right because oh. <laughs> everybody was kind of missing on Bob Barker. So there you go. That music's going to haunt me now uh, by Bob. the time this, this show is over. But uh, yeah, RIP Bob Barker. But uh, we'll do the show in his honor. So uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to start with the uh the number nine pick uh it's nine tracks from the album we're gonna start with number nine uh based on everybody's ranking it was a uh, pretty uh i wouldn't say unanimous uh i don't think Corey, it was unanimous but uh i'm not sh surprised by this so number nine what we got all right. Well, first of all, before I get to number nine, we should maybe explain yeah. what we did. So we reached out to all of our patrons, uh, special guests like uh, uh, Chris L from Pot of Thunder. Uh, we got uh, uh, Greg Renoff, uh, author extraordinaire, uh, Eric Sennett from the Van Halen News Desk, uh, Steve Roth, another author, uh, Darren Paltrowitz and uh, Steve Ross are from the uh, the DLR cast, Steve Rosen 
uh, Jeff Goble, who writes for Van Halen News Desk, uh, Greg Prado, uh, Johnny Bean uh, from that tremendous YouTube channel. They all submitted their rankings, and I just asked everybody to rank them one through nine. And what we did is we gave nine points to your number one song, eight points to your number two song, all the way down. So your last song, number nine, got one point. We compiled all the numbers together, and um, let's introduce what came up at number nine, and it's... One foot out the door. That's right. One foot yeah. out the door finished number nine. Uh, total points of 60. Its highest ranking was number three. Somebody ranked wow. it third on their ballot, and that person is on this call, so we'll ask them about that. Uh, lowest <laughs> ranking was number nine. It finished ninth 15 times. And down below here, you can just see uh, how many votes it got in every spot. 15 for ninth, 13th for eighth, uh, two votes for seventh spot, two votes for sixth nothing for fifth or forward one for third and then none for second and none for first so i was a little surprised actually that one foot out the door uh finished ninth because we have an instrumental on this record that's mm -hmm. you know i i, I kind of thought would finish number nine but uh, as it stands with only 60 points number nine is one foot out the door yeah one foot out the door and uh since you just went ahead and uh, said we're gonna call him out uh, can uh, the can the person on the panel please, uh, if they want to volunteer themselves, who ranked this number three? I'm very curious as to why. Look, Which you one of you did? Might it? as well get used to the fact that the whole podcast is probably going to go this way because I don't <laughs> I don't rank songs the way everyone else does. Uh, That's a fair warning. It, it's a fair no. well well played. Uh, I what I really like the energy of the song. I kind of liked that that there was a little bit of a different sound to David Lee Roth instead of just that standard thing that we hear uh, on every song. It's nice to have a little bit of variety. But for me, it was it was really more the energy of the song. I I thought uh, this is a, a good toe tapping song, and um, yeah, I, uh, I, it was one of the ones I enjoyed the most. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, we, it's it's all subjective, and uh, you know, sometimes the tracks hit us differently and hit us uh, at a. Oh, you said it. Uh, hit us uh, in a way that we don't expect. Sometimes, um, for me personally, I believe I I didn't put this one uh, last, but it was close to being last. Um, for those of you that did put this last, uh, uh, you wanna you have the floor. I wanna I wanna hear uh, what about it? Uh, one foot out the door just didn't meet uh, the standards as. A, compared to the rest of the tracks anybody go ahead well for me this is the probably the the last song in roth's catalog uh quite frankly so not the last song in the van halen catalog but for his and really honestly it's just like the best of the bad uh bunch um you know i i love it because it's so in your face and so punk and so different from everything they did um but that said you know it's not the one that i go to it's you know it's there for you know uh when it's on i won't turn it off right uh but it doesn't come on that often um you know uh, it's just one of those those tunes that just i've got fond memories i mean we used to play that song it used to i think i was saying when when i was uh, on the show that uh that album would come on at a party and then when that tune would come on that's when all the girls would leave the room and that's when you know things got wild so you know um fond memories there but other than that no it's not very musical it's just you know i think just kind of in your face noise filler killer filler killer filler i like that uh yeah uh, for me th th this one wasn't uh I, I put this full disclosure my number eight this was my number eight uh only because uh uh the the uh the track that uh, comes before uh, comes last in, in my place just didn't didn't have the same sort of uh, 
uh, it was it was more of a throwaway track uh, than this one. I didn't feel like this one was just a, a throwaway. We don't care about it. It's just we put a a, tra- a song together because we had to. We had to meet a certain quota of, of nine songs, and plus we have one instrumental. No, just for me, uh, I echo kind of what Scott says. There, there is a lot of energy in this song for sure, but there's something about it that, uh, as you say, Chaz, doesn't come up a lot, doesn't really come it up in the rotation. So for me, uh, while it's it's it does have that Van Halen energy, it still doesn't just quite get it to where I need it to be uh, in comparison to the other tracks. So uh, not my last pick, but my second to last. Uh, anybody else have anything to say about One Foot Out the Door? Yeah, I think, uh, you-, you know, what's interesting about this one, too, when we think about rankings, for me, the, this is just really an outro. You know, it's a very fitting outro mm-hmm. to, to Fair Warning, and it and, it, and it's mm-hmm. really, you know, it goes together so well with Sunday Afternoon in the Park. But uh, on its own, when you're ranking it, it, it has trouble for me standing on its own. Uh, it really just um, serves its purpose as that album outro, but it's it's hard to place it really high for me when you're just looking at it in a, in a silo. Sean, what are you thinking? I was going to say number nine on this album is like a number, you know, compared to any other album, number nine on the, there isn't a bad song on, on this album at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's the worst, it's the quote unquote worst song on this album, but yeah, there ain't anything bad on this album at all. Now I want to hear what you, the gunslinger Chris? has to say. Cause I know he yeah, has exactly. a strong opinion on this album. <laughs> what do you got, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, it's kind of like <clears throat> when, uh, I would equate it to when discussions of Zeppelin come up and I say Zeppelin four is in my bottom three Zeppelin albums and everybody freaks out until you point out that it's like, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just something's got to rank toward the bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's kind of the case here. I definitely, um, I think it should outrank Sunday afternoon in the park for two reasons. One, it's got uh, a, david lee roth penned story about banging somebody else's wife i mean (laughs) how does that not catapult it above something that has no lyrics in it at all that just doesn't make sense to me doesn't compute with me and second uh you know that uh ride out solo by eddie is uh is really highly regarded amongst like serious van halen nerds and guitar nerds i mean he's just ripping it up on that one so i mean you got roth singing about you know adultery and eddie van halen just uh shredding his his balls off uh that's got a rank above a, a synth uh, instrumental in my opinion automatically so but but full disclosure i think i had it um second to last simply because all the other material on this on the album is just so much stronger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no arguments there for sure uh and i echo what uh what uh, chris and sean both said it's there just because uh we ranked this one last doesn't mean it sucks doesn't mean it's awful it just uh means well if we have to do a ranking whatsoever where does this one fall Mm -hmm. so uh just to be clear because i know people will come after us if we're suggesting such uh scott everett what have you got to say about it I, I, I'm much like you, Mark. I added it, um, eight. So, you know, again, I, it's a great song. I love it, but you know, it's just so short again. I think that hurts the ranking as well, but, um, yeah, I, I had the synth song right behind it. (laughs) 
Seems that's a f- fair, fair deal. Uh, Corey, what about yourself? I had a little higher, I think, than most people. I had it sixth. Uh, and oh, again, it's not really, what? yeah. Uh, I, I really kind of dig the groove of that. And like Chris said, it's, it's David Lee Roth, you know, telling a very compelling David Lee Roth story. You know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see how I could put it uh, any lower than, than sixth, but majority of our folks uh, had it eighth or ninth. I'm just looking at some of the special guests. Uh, Eric Sedich had it ninth. Uh, Steve Roth and Darren, or Steve Roth had it ninth. Sorry, eighth. Uh, Darren Paltrowitz had it seventh. Uh, Steve Rosen had it eighth. Greg Renoff had it ninth. Uh, Jeff Goebel mm-hmm. had it ninth. Our good friend Kelsey, uh, who couldn't be here tonight, uh, she also had it ninth. Uh, author Greg Cato uh, had it seventh. And I just, I promised him I would mention uh, his books because uh, he's very excited to mention he penned two books that feature Eddie Van Halen on the cover uh, Shredders, The Oral History of Speed Guitar and Iconic Guitar Gear. So go check out those books uh, from nice. Greg Pareto. And, um, where did Todd put this one, Sean? He had it eighth as well. So, yeah, the majority of people, yeah. uh, Johnny Bean, who's in the chat, had it ninth. Uh, Kyle Anderson, a uh, good friend of ours, he had it eighth. So, uh, pretty pretty decent. Uh, yeah. Everyone was pretty much uh, in agreement on one foot out the door. Uh, what do you say? You guys ready to hear what uh, landed at number eight? Yes, Dare sir. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be much of a surprise, I don't think. Not a good idea. Here we go. <laughs> oh, there Tied for eight. <laughs> That's right. The uh, beautifully romantic Sunday afternoon in the park. Oops, a little too much there. I, I shouldn't drink whiskey and play with volume controls, but let's bring up the stats for number eight. Sunday afternoon in the park had 68 points. Uh, its high, highest ranking was first on two different wow. ballots. Whoa. Yeah, two. Wow. And one of those uh, folks is on the call, Scott Haskin. You're going to have to explain yourself again. Uh, its lowest <laughs> ranking was ninth. Uh, it finished ninth on 14 ballots, uh, eighth on 13th, seventh on two, sixth on one, and then two people ranked Sunday afternoon in the park, the wow. best song off of Fair Warning. What do you say we go right to Scott Haskin and start making fun of him? Spotlight on Scott. Like, uh, well, actually, let me take a guess. Uh, you, I, it's, I'm of two minds here, Scott. You did it because one, uh, you just, you love chaos. And you just wanted to see if you could just stir the pot just a little with this one or two. You're just really into synth. And you're like, finally, nothing but synth in a Van Halen song. So, like, it's what I've been dreaming about. Uh, which one is it, Scott? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, also, before <laughs> I say anything about the song, I just want to point out, before anybody blames me for this, I did not write Sexiest Podcaster on my profile. <laughs> you uh, certainly did. I, I did not. Uh, Liar. I won't say who, but nice. for left-hand corner. Um, yeah, I do. I do love synth. I love the patience of the song. I love horror movies, and this kind of felt like a like a mm. horror movie score when mm-hmm. they're revealing the living dead coming out of the grave. Right. And I just absolutely love that sound. Um, I love just the cool tone to it and the patience. I love the drum sound too. Uh, the drums sound really big on this. And um, yeah, that was that was what did it for me. That's fair. Uh, I believe during the show when we discussed this track, uh, I think uh, one of us or maybe all of us had mentioned it sounds like a, Car- a John Carpenter film, uh, mm-hmm. which you know John Carpenter is, loves his synth, loves uh, utilizes it in as many of his films as possible, if not all of them. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why we love it. So I get it. I understand that uh, that mentality. And hey, again. If a track is hitting you a particular way and you're uh, you're gearing up for Halloween season and you're like, yep, this one, there it is. So uh, 
kudos if kudos. anyone's listening My- to scott's scott's material scott's material is pretty awesome so this kind of fits kind of alongside like the stuff that he puts together well thank yeah, you Sean. Well. i appreciate that yep yeah. i just want to point well, out the other fellow the other guy that voted this uh number one is johnny bean and he's in the uh, youtube comments oh. right now so johnny oh. uh, if you want to chime in with why you voted uh, sunday afternoon in the park uh, number one we'd love to hear it explain yourself the only reason why uh i put this as my last in my rankings personally was because uh sunday afternoon in the park uh there was no many patinkin to be found on this uh on this particular track and uh, that's a broadway reference for some of y'all uh <laughs> no no but for real i i, I love synth uh, i love uh what everything everything you said scott about it i completely agree with it um i think the only reason this is last is because a song had to be put last uh, in this ranking. And uh, much like what Chris mentioned, well, this is the one that doesn't have any lyrical content. This is one that just kind of, uh, it's its not necessarily a throwaway, but I guess it kind of could be. And you can't, dis- you can't just discount all the other tracks uh, above this one. So if any of them's got to go last, I guess it has to be this one, at least for me. So that's, that's why I put it there. Uh, Chris, how about you? How to, wh- wh- did you put this one last as well? Yeah, I put it last, and uh, I, I'm going to have to call uh, SHBS on this one. Uh, this is a, <laughs> this is a shocking uh, vote. Uh, to put it number one, I mean, I get if you like it, but to put it at the very top, is that's something Nick would do. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, this, this is what what you've done is, is kind of like – <laughs> hey, I can I could shit on Nick. I mean, he, he, he he's he's used to it now after oh, yeah, 10 for years. Sure. And plus, he brings it on himself because it's just with with outrageousness like this. And um, <laughs> I would equate this in the opposite direction of like the the voter in the Hockey Hall of Fame who doesn't vote for Gretzky on the first ballot being like, yeah, you know, he's not a slam dunk. I think he he shouldn't get in this time. This is like the opposite of that. I mean, putting it at the top of this album in particular Mm. and, um, you know, with no guitar or with with no Eddie or or Roth on it is I, I I don't know. I'm, it's rendering me almost speechless. <laughs> fair enough. Well, to be fair, there is there is Eddie on the track. Uh, uh, he's just not, I mean, Eddie on guitar. He's not Eddie on guitar. Eddie on guitar. Okay, I, I'm not. I, I don't want Eddie to be Vangelis for me. Okay. You know? <laughs> I want. I want. I want to hear Eddie with. I want to hear Eddie with a guitar. In the pen, you know. And going back, look. Hey, you might you like synth and stuff, but this jump. <laughs> intruder it's all you know intruder. it's all very rudimentary compared to his you know virtuoso guitar playing so you know i don't i don't personally get the big deal about eddie on keyboards i mean he's just kind of you know obviously talented but most if not all the stuff he put out there on uh, keyboards is pretty rudimentary in my opinion I, I would just say that, that this kind of music is more my wheelhouse than Van Halen is on the whole. And I've always gone into this, you know, any episode of the show saying that this is not a band that I listen to very often. Um, I know a couple of their hits. I've, I've really learned a lot about them through this podcast, but they're never a band that I, I, I don't like straightforward kind of rock and roll, the, the stuff that they do in general. 
but I've grown to have a hell of an appreciation for them through this podcast, but they're just not my wheelhouse. That song is more my wheelhouse. And Corey like Scott used through. <laughs> and Scott, I think you said this is the first Van Halen record you listened to uh, front to back just to do the rankings, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, there you go. So very curious how the rest of your voting goes. But uh, Scott Monroe, how, how, where, where did you put uh, Sunday Afternoon in the Park? I had it right here. Um, again, to me, uh-huh. this is part of the uh, uh, the duo that goes with um, One Foot Out the Door. So they, they go together for me. Uh, one leads into the other. Um, I really enjoy the synth, but um, stacked against everything else, I don't see how you could put it much higher. Very fair, very fair. And uh, kudos on the extreme shirt. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, Sean, how about <laughs> no, you, man? No apologies. <laughs> yeah, I, I, rate, I, I rated that one eighth. Yeah, I did rate that one eighth. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> it had to be one or the other. So, you know, there, well, exactly. there it goes. Uh, yeah, uh, Chaz? Yeah, I was an eighth, and because they they are uh, a duo, you know, it's like uh, living, loving, made, and you know, it's like you know, they, it goes together. Um, but you know, for me though, this song uh, did have a special place in that um, grew up in New York, New Jersey, and we used to go to the Hayden Planetarium, and this synth part was used in the Planetarium show, so it would come on really like you know, in those you know, those really loud, you know planetarium speakers and the, the seats would rumble it was actually a pretty cool experience so for me this uh this intro has a special part but it it's always going to be a part of the song that comes after that and again yeah i mean it's like you know uh for for me actually if i had to judge it differently it would definitely be ahead of nine um for the reason that it was it was eddie being you know eddie doing the synth thing and and that's you know part of his uh, musical lexicon it was part of his character it was you know whether we like it or not he he liked it and he wanted everybody to know that he was a he was a player so i mean you know i respect it um so for me that's why it was a little higher than nine <laughs> that's a good track to uh to have in a planetarium visit uh, actually yeah. now now that I think yeah. about it that's that was that was a good call good call on that one so uh scott everett how do you feel I had it nine, um, you know, edit, um, trying new things out. It's always cool to me, it, whether it's synth or guitar or whatever it is. So it's cool. The song's inspired by him and uh, Val fighting all the time, apparently. So, and that comes across, I think, in the dark tones and that sort of thing. But I mean, again, something had to place this low on such a great album. So that's where it was. It had to, had to be done. Had to be done. Uh, Corey? I also placed it ninth. Uh, it, had I heard this in like uh, the movie Christine or They Live, I think it, it would have hit a lot uh, harder for me on a Van Halen record. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of with Chris when it comes to the synths. I don't mind the synth as much, but here it just kind of, I don't know. Give me something like Spanish Fly if you're going to put an instrumental on a Van Halen record. Uh, but I, I should mention, I forgot to on uh, song number nine, One Foot Out the Door, uh, what the audience voted on our polls originally, Mark. And way back when, when we did that episode, it was 85.5%. Uh, what dreams are made of 14.5% this dream is over. So uh, that is the uh, seventh ranking actually uh, out of eight because we don't rank the instrumentals. So out of the polls, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's second last uh, from our audience. But uh, pretty much well. everyone had a Sunday afternoon, either eighth or ninth, except for Scott who had a third. Or sorry, yeah, had it first uh, along with Johnny. First, yeah. yeah, first. Uh, every, everybody Mate. else was either eighth or ninth. Let's make sure you say Haskin. I don't want anyone getting yeah. me confused that I ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
direct the guy, uh, here. Be careful. Direct the death threats at the correct Scott. At the right Scott. We have, we have too many Scotts, so you know it's like be careful with that. Uh, Johnny Bean, uh, we're we're still looking for your explanations. So yeah, if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you're still with us, uh, please throw that in there. But uh, all right, so uh, what's next then? Well, Johnny has gone radio silent, so maybe he uh, has. Yeah, <laughs> we we outed him and he ran away. I'm not sure, but uh, let, let's get on to our uh, next one here. Uh, song number seven, and it's. That's right, number seven. Push comes to shove. Total points 138, so quite a big jump from uh, nine and eight all the way up to seven. Uh, its highest ranking was first on one ballot. Its lowest ranking was, it was eighth. So this song never finished ninth on anybody's ranking. Uh, you can see it finished uh, eighth four times, seventh nine times, sixth eight times, fifth seven times, fourth twice, third once, second once, and first once. So, push comes to shove, number seven. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, Scott Monroe, man. How did you uh, how did you vote for this one? Uh, I had it in six, so around the same spot. Um, you know, it's it's a great track. It's it's so hard when we get into this middle section here. A lot of these are so interchangeable for me, but um, it's it's just a, a great groove and. Uh, I, I really dig it, uh, but I, I can't go much higher than six with them. All right. All there. Scott Everett. Um, I had it right here at number seven, so I um, love the groove. It's kind of a bluesy type thing, and uh, I think Dave's lyrics really, and the way he's singing this song, really good. So storytelling, the whole thing. So again, but it's a tough album rating higher than that on this album. It really has a lot more bangers than you you think so. So yeah, it's uh, the, ranking this one. I won't lie, was was a little bit difficult. But so I but I I hear you, uh, Scott Haskin. Uh, how did you feel? Where did you put uh, Push Comes to Shove? Uh, I put this one to number seven. Hmm. Um, now Corey and I have done a lot of podcasts together, and one thing he knows about me is that I do love a good baseline. Um, I like the baseline on it, but it just it's just like one beat short of the energy I want out of it. It's just slightly too slow, and that just kind of killed the mood of the song. Uh, in general, I think it's pretty good, but it's just just a little too slow for me. Too slow for Haskin. He's, it's got to be fast. It's got to be raw. I get it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, Chaz. But, you know, just just a, little more, a little more caffeine. <laughs> so very, 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 very young Metallica. Kill them all, Metallica. Got you. Cool. Uh, Chaz, speaking of Metallica, uh, how'd you feel about uh, 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 this track, uh, Push Comes to Shove? So I love this song. I love like sitting around on a Sunday morning, like, you know, in the breakfast nook with my guitar playing this one. It's just one of those fun ones to me. It's, uh, uh, but, you know, it's like their, it's like their disco song. Right. To me, this like, was their like, like kisses, like uh, I was made for loving you. This was like Van Halen doing a disco groove. Um, and I dig it. it it's uh, again, because it's so much fun to play. And like someone else said, it's just this middle area is so hard with this album to rank these songs. I mean, you know, so it yeah, it, for me, it ended up at six. Um, so a little little higher than where we are now. But, you know, general area. 
you heard it here, folks. Uh, Chaz believes this is uh, Van Halen's disco era. Um, you heard it. Direct <laughs> all of your uh, hate emails and tweets to him uh, at regarding Lulu. So bring it. <laughs> go, go get him, uh, Sean. Man, uh, how, where did you put uh, push comes to shove? Number two. All right. What? Number two. Oh, explain. I love this track. There, there isn't anything about this track I don't love. Like it. The bass line, uh, it's, it sounds like Dave like drank a whole like fifth of like Jack before before singing this. His voice is raspy as hell. Probably. It just sounds like super lived in. Sounds like they're all just smoking joints in the studio, just recording it, just grooving, you know. And just I don't know, like this is a song I play on my kit like all the time because there's a wicked just wicked alex on it like it's just so good on it's not a complicated beat until you really listen to it and there's you know there's some complexity there anything where alex is doing something like this where he's sitting back making it look easy but it ain't easy just scores really high with me that's a very fair point yeah um i would encourage yeah, the listeners uh, that uh maybe not so hot on this track yeah like listen to the drums maybe especially if you're a drum enthusiast give that uh, a gander and you'll hear what sean's hearing uh chris l though uh where would you, one do you agree with chaz's disco assessment and two where would you put this song um uh, Corey, you're going to have to help me out and remind me about my exact rankings. I don't have them in front of me, but I know I had this higher than seventh. Um, I don't agree with the disco assessment, but I do think that this is Van Halen at, at their funkiest for sure. Mm. And um, so the big thing for me about this song is back in 81, I was about two years into uh, learning how to play guitar. And uh, if anybody else on the panel is as old as I am, you remember that back in the day they had these things called hot licks. It was a little cassette and booklet combo that you would get that had like, uh, you know, uh, transcribed songs and solos on the cassette and then tablature and booklet. And the one I bought was, it was called In the Style of Van Halen. I, I'm sure they put it that way for legal reasons or whatever. But um, in the first uh, bit of music on that cassette and in the booklet was the solo to uh, this song, Push Comes to Shove. And I got about half an hour into it before I threw my hands up and I was like, you know what? I might get to the point where I know all the notes and can play all the notes and can even approximate the phrasing, but I'll never get it. I'll never get it 100% right. I will never be able to cop all the nuances of this amazing guitar playing. And in that, at that moment, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen uh, sort of sent me down the road of becoming my own guitar player for better or for worse. You know, it's kind of like, you know, everybody knows how much he was into Clapton and, learned the uh you know the live uh, wheels of fire um crossroads solo note for note but he never once sounded like that in his career and um yeah that that sent me down that road i was like i'm never gonna be able to play like him but he's inspiring me to play like myself for better for worse how that panned out but uh that's why this song and this solo in particular I think I probably hold it in a higher regard than, than a lot of people. 
often imitated, never duplicated. Uh, we've we've said it before. Is certainly you know you we don't need to tell you that everyone knows if you've ever heard Eddie play. So completely understandable on that front. So yeah, I get it. Uh, I don't know what these uh, these hot licks you speak of are. This is uh, I think you may. I think yeah, take a look uh, at this. This is awesome. That, look that. Yeah. that looks made up. Starlix. That's what the Starlix. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think. I think Stolen. you just made that right now. Xerox uh, copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can tell this, you. This I, is I the Jimmy the Page version, but yes, my little. I worked, I worked in the music there. store. We sold a ton of those. Those were very popular. Yeah. I'm Did sure, I say sure. hot licks? I, I, I no, I think, says, okay. I think you said Starlicks, I said Hotlicks because I'm a crazy person, but uh, that's really, really interesting. Uh, unfortunately, in my in, in my time learning guitar, those were a thing of the past, and that's unfortunate because it might have helped. might have helped my playing anyway. Yeah. Uh, Can I just add one more thing? Sorry oh, yeah. uh, to interrupt, okay. but uh, Roth's lyrics, one of his, this song contains one of his very best uh series of lyrics uh it's um it seems like 40 days and 40 nights since someone used my first name including you i mean <laughs> it's what so underrated as a lyricist just because of his personality and just his his you know ringleader persona on stage um but just so underrated as a lyricist and just this this song just the the lyrics he wrote and and the smoky vibe of the song is just brilliant to me. Great. Mm. That uh that that's kind of um it was it was a real toss up for me on this one. Uh I I ranked this one uh number 7, but that's only because I didn't know where else to put this above the other remaining tracks because I I just I don't know, I was just feeling it a lot more uh with the other tracks and this one was just kind of um dare I say, uh, a break in the momentum so, uh, yeah. as, as compared to how, how the other tracks go, at least for me, at least in, in my uh, my replaying uh, for ranking this list. And I just, I don't know, I struggled. I struggled really hard because there was one day where I thought I was just in a very kind of grooved out sort of chill mood and, uh, you know, you know, you, you know, pop an edible, you smoke a J and you're like, yeah, this is the one right here. Yep, this is. This is like I'm good. I'm good right here. And then I wake up the next morning and go like, I'm kind of bored. I need uh, I need something with a little more pick me up. Doesn't mean that this song is bad. I just like I need I need a little more. So that, based on all of it, I, I had to just put it where it was. Uh, this is the one I didn't feel happy about putting it where I placed it. But uh, you never know. Like tomorrow, I could have a completely different opinion. But uh, that's that's why it fell to number seven for me. Uh, Corey, how about yourself? Uh, well, first of all, uh, to help uh, Chris out, he ranked this number five. This was your fifth ranked track. Ah, uh, for, uh, okay. uh, for anyone who's curious who voted this number one, it was Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast. But this as oh, his number one track. Nate's my new best morning. friend I can, now. I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, as for myself, I really struggled with like five through eight. Uh, I find those songs really all kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in. And I'm pretty sure yeah. I just got done listening to uh, – pot of thunder striper episode uh waiting for a love that's real and i was kind of i wasn't in a very oh. funky mood so oh. I, I i put push yeah. I, I i put push number eight uh but oh. you know today okay. you know t today i would probably rank it higher but back then after listening to the striper episode which is a great episode but the song is absolutely horrid oh my goodness <laughs> yeah that, that song was god awful 
Oh, yeah. don't yeah, get me going on Striper. No. That was rough. And, uh, <laughs> you know, don't don't blame us. The listeners submitted it. We That's just right. pulled it at random. Oh, it. Yeah, that was crap. Oh. No, no oh. way around it. Well, uh, Chris, I'm the one that uh, submitted Winona's Big Brown Beaver, so I'm hoping that uh, hey. the random song generator uh, will hit that someday. I would, I would love some prime. That's a great tune. <laughs> I'm not saying I ever did well, that song at karaoke once, but I did. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a great karaoke song, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, um, the uh, Striper recently played in Nashville, and it was a banger of a show, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So, all right, uh, moving forward, uh, what else we got? How many, how, how many edibles had you consumed before you came to that? <laughs> not a one. Not a one yeah, because I was I, actually – Come on. That's a lie, dude. I was, no, I was, I was looking forward. Dude, that last uh, album they put out is not what? terrible. I was actually what? really surprised. Dude, yeah, Striper is not terrible. Okay. Hey, when Mark's putting on the bullshit, isn't there a drinking rule we're supposed to do when Mark's trying to spin his, <laughs> spin his wheels? We get some edibles. I don't Wait. know. Like, have you yeah. guys have you guys right, figured out when it. I'm bullshitting yet? I don't know. Find the edibles. Yeah. Where are the edibles? I don't know. No, I'm telling. No, I unabashedly thought that show was really, really good. So wow. uh, that's you know, take it. Yeah, take it for what it what it is. There is no bullshit there, but feel free to drink. Uh, Corey, what do you say we move on? All right. Well, push comes to shove on our uh, fan poll. 87.6% what dreams are made of, 12.4% the dream is over. So it's our sixth uh, ranked song uh, from our oh, uh, so people right on the yeah. poll. Uh, but let's get to our number six, and uh, we're, we're kind of going in the opposite direction here. It's time for a little swing. That's right, center swing, number six. Total points, 146. Its highest ranking was number one on one ballot. Its lowest ranking was eighth, also on one ballot. Uh, finished eighth once, seventh 11 times, sixth eight times, fifth six times, fourth three times, third twice, second once, and first once. So Center Swing, officially our number six song from Fair Warning. Wow. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, like, where it fell in my rank. I'll just I'll just go ahead. Uh, uh, this was my number four, and that's only because I think uh, the other three are just, like, complete bangers and must be treated as such. But this one was very, very close to making top three. Uh, uh, the song is too low. Um, yeah, but number six, though, like, not even the top five. Like, ah, I mean, I know there's only nine songs, or technically eight, I guess, if you want to. <laughs> discount one but still six I, mm, i'm confused i guess my only uh my question is to those who ranked it so much lower is like does the van halen swing just not do it for you because if so you must not like any of the rock there uh, that's all i gotta say and you know what have you uh i'm gonna go right down to uh, sean mcginnity man how do you feel about uh, center swing i was right at six actually yeah. Oh right my God! What? <laughs> you're the, you're the one. Come on. Explain, explain yourself. Come on. Now I'm drinking. Bullshit. This song no, is no, no, no. So he's like right. right on the I'll center line. You, Mark. So he's right on the center line. I'm drinking uh, Portuguese ginger right now. Is that uh, like it's worse like or better? Ale. What do you got there? It, uh, it's oh, kind of like um, blood wine. It's kind of like cough syrup, to be honest. But so it's, it's robotussin. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> robotussin. Yeah. Um, I'm not on any edibles, but anyway, um, 
I, I don't know. Like, there's so many great fucking songs on here. It's like, how, how do you rank? I don't know. There was, there's, there's nothing wrong with this song. Like, honestly, this is one of the, these albums I play every single song. I don't skip anything. I, you know, I listen, and usually when I'm at the end of the album, I listen to the whole album again. So, like, to to me, it's just inches between all of the songs, and there's nothing wrong with this song at all. It's just I got five more that I love way more that I like more than this one. Mm. There's literally yeah. nothing wrong you with know, this song. It's just it's a yeah. tough ranking. I think you just said it though, and that's what's going to be is that there are so many songs on this record that people love more than other songs, and that's just what it comes down to: is what do you love the most, and that's how it's going to rank right from there. Yeah. Well, Chaz, uh, how do you like the listeners? You did. Yeah. Well, this was number one for me. So. uh, Okay. Okay. All all transparency. Whoa, number one. um, Number one. Number one. Yep. This was Van Halen swing for me. So there's a few things that's Van Halen do for me, and Eddie's playing has always done for me, particularly as a rhythm guitarist. When I, you know, as I started as a rhythm guitar player, and it's the swing and the boogie. And this song, when I heard it, it was just so fucking electric. And the fact that he says she looks so fucking good, it was just like one of those songs that had everything that I love about Van Halen in it. And and it's like there's not one thing missing. Um, and it's so aggressive and so just. Uh, you know, that the lyric is just, I mean, I, I sing sing along, you know, that, that it's an earworm. It comes out of nowhere. Just get, 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 get out of push. I mean, for me, it doesn't get better than this in terms of swing and boogie. You know, the, again, like when Eddie's really in his wheelhouse, this for me was like the total epitome of his swing. So if I did, uh, if I am not mistaken, uh, based on that list you had just pulled up, uh, Corey, uh, we just had uh, one vote that uh, for number one for this song. And that is correct. You, yep. Chaz. That was, that was yeah. you. There it is. Uh, yep. revealed. I'm, I'm curious where Chaz is going to put the number one song, because I, I think we all know what the number one song is. <laughs> I album. think we all I'm know the number one song. Too, yeah, I think I'm it comes up pretty close to where the... it probably is on everyone you think else's so? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's close. Uh, but... Uh, but I'll. But I'm. I'm curious as to where Chris L. Uh, placed uh, Center Swing. Uh, Corey, help me out here again. I don't have the list in front of me, but <laughs> I want to. Number, number six. Number six. Number six. Okay. Oh, you. Uh, you and Sean. What uh, the hell's happening? Uh, yeah, this I'm, is a conspiracy. Yeah, I. I, I, I must conspiracy? say, I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in myself to hear that. You know? In retrospect, I, I, I can see I, it in his face. Can't you see I, that? It's genuine. He made the list as, and it just uh, left his brain. As long as, uh, you know, I, well, we'll get into it later, but as long as I had it higher than another song um, on the album, I can live with it just because everything else on the album is so great. But I, I absolutely respect the uh, decision to put it at number one because it's just uh, it's, uh one of those songs that's just so unique in the catalog and just, uh, you know, great lyrics. And um, so at the time uh, in 81, my uh, music list listening rig was an eight track player that I got handed me down from my cousin. And, um, and we also, the, the, the main family car just happened to have an eight track player in it. And the, uh, the first time I, my dad, gave me privileges to play my music in the car 
popped in fair warning and the second he heard you looked so fucking good i lost my privileges so uh, <laughs> yes i forgot that was coming and i popped it in and it, as soon as he heard it he hit the eject and he's like okay that's you know okay Chris, I, have a question. I have a question Hell for you Chris. Yes. which yeah. eight track did they replace it with was it a yellow and now he, 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 it, funny you mention ELO, ELO. I've got an ELO uh, tie-in later in the episode for a teaser. But, no, I think he, I think uh, he and my mom t- popped in one of her Neil Diamond A tracks. So. Oh. Oh. Could have been worse. Could've around the world. Could have been, yeah, been, been worse. Been a from Hawaii. Yeah, it could have oh, been worse. Would, yeah. But yeah, no, that was pretty, pretty, pretty scandalous to hear the F word in music yes. back in those days. And, Hell you know, that, as a, you know, 15 year old kid at the time, I thought it was great. And then of course the music and, and, you know, we've touched on them a little bit so far, but I mean, the drumming is insane. Yeah. Just that I don't even know if, if there's a time signature and if there is how many different ones are in the song, I'm, I'm not that, sophisticated enough to nail that down but the, the drumming is ridiculous well and you yeah. know and one of the things we're always talking about these guys are always talking about is the bass you can hear everybody on this song and they're all bringing it man like they you know mikey talk about those time changes he is right there best produced best produced album in the of the original six in my yeah. opinion yeah i'm there with you all right, so uh, Scott Monroe, uh, where would you have put, uh, or what did you put Center Swing? Well, I uh, put it in fifth, so it made my top five. Uh, uh-huh. I, strugg- I struggled with it a little between uh, Push Comes to Shove and uh, Center Swing, but uh, for me, just the you can't beat the energy on it. Uh, like Chaz was saying, that, that chorus just comes out of nowhere, and it's, so, it's an earworm. Um, and I just love Dave's attitude on the song. It, it almost, for me, kind of rivals the the attitude that he has on unchained in a way um it's just uh so great uh definitely has to make my top five at least so fifth for me fair enough fair enough uh scott everett we're ending with the scots uh how about you (laughs) sorry to blow your mind again mark i had it at six so right right here unbelievable i know (laughs) so uh i mean again i I love the song i remember hearing dave throw the f-bomb down when i was age 12 i was smart enough to do it behind closed doors though not in front of my parents (laughs) (laughs) nobody Um, ever accused me of not in the family car (laughs) nobody ever Nobody ever accused me of being smart. But I have used it with my own kids where I've played the song and like, see, he uses it, it where it means something versus the music of the day where they throw it every other line. So you, you got to use point. it where it's got to have some yeah. got to have some meaning behind it. So I try to use it as a learning tool for my children. So there it you go. It was a superlative. If the there you go. Cursing with purpose. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Scott well, Haskin, uh, do you want to let him know where you had you had it on your yeah, list? Yeah, where'd you have it, Scott Haskin? Well, I mean, once again, throwing the curve. Uh, I had it at number eight. What? Oh, boy. Oh, wait. Does he listen to... He's like a proggy guy. Scott, you're a proggy guy, right? Well, when, when I was a kid, I wanted to play... Uh, you know, I'm a drummer, and I wanted to play Deep Purple music. That was my whole thing, was I just wanted to play, you know, all the, the Deep Purple and Rainbow and, and White Snake I could get my hands on. And I went to my grandfather's house, who was also a drummer, um, for a few days over the holidays. And all he would let me do is play along to Benny Goodman records. <laughs> and I swear to God, I got so sick of that style of music. I never wanted to hear swing again. 
Um, I, I have greater appreciation for it now. I, I really wish I would have been of a better mindset than I was at the time because I could have learned a lot from that. Uh, but at the time, I just I just hated it. You know, I, I wanted to be playing Hushin' and the Address and all those songs. Mm. Um, but interesting, I, I'm surprised that this was released on 8-Track. What year did this album come out? 81. 81. Wow, they were still making them, huh? Yeah, they were putting. They were making eight tracks into, I believe, like eighty five, eighty six. I was gonna say, wow. no, I had one in eighty three. I had Def Leppard. Yeah, I still have one. It's a terrible format, really. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, they never got the track order right. You'd have songs cut in half. It's just really weird. Oh, my a terrible way to listen track. to ELO for the first time. Oh, you got that right. Especially when you uh, when you blow all your paper mount route money on the, the horrible double album out of the blue, you just you got to take it out to your driveway and smash it. That's what I did. Uh, Scott Haskin mentioned White Snake. Uh, rest in peace, Bernie Marston. Uh, just a little oh, shout out there. Uh, and then uh, and then there was Corey. Yes. Well, uh, actually, so Scott doesn't feel so lonely. Our good friend Kevin Brown, who uh, had company. And uh, couldn't make the live show because he's a fucking twit. Uh, he he ranked this uh, seventh. It's okay. I, oh, I do podcasts with Kevin. He gets it. Mm. He had this one seventh, so he, he was pretty long. This Come with you. on. I had it fifth. Must be a uh, Brit thing. I don't know. It must be. I, I had it fifth. Jealous, I love Sinner. They were jealous. That's the Brits don't like him. I was over there recently, man. Eddie's nowhere to be found over there anymore. Well, and and Chris L pointed out the drums and how great the drums are. Scott Haskin and Kevin Brown are both drummers and both ranked this low. Uh, I'm a wannabe drummer, and I, I rank this at least in my top five. So maybe they were mad. They were just like, "Well, fuck Alex. He can't play like. Uh, no, I'm I'm ranking this low because uh, fuck him. Is that it? No, was was, was that it? No. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, yeah. you're a drummer too, aren't you? I yeah, am. Sean's yeah, a drummer. absolutely. Yep. yep. Hmm. Push comes to just a better groove. Something is amiss here. <laughs> something I don't know. Uh, listeners, you're gonna have to decipher for yourself. Is there a conspiracy? happening uh with uh with center swing or uh, am i just uh out of my mind i don't I'm know drummer play, too. Uh, i like it so yeah. i'm throwing that one right out it's all good as long as you don't put sunday afternoon at number one you're okay in my books so. <laughs> unless you're really you know into planetarium keeps... shows Corey, you're the one <laughs> taking an edible on... and going to the planetarium there you go Corey's yes. the one that keeps bringing me on to shows of bands i know nothing about so i <laughs> Yeah, Scott's actually my co-host on the Aerosmith yeah. show right now. So, yeah. that's well, a look, strategy. Uh, that's that's a disruptive look, strategy. It's all it, yeah, it is strategy. It's all a part of his grand plan uh, for the Universal Podcasting Takeover that Corey is doing. Yeah, yeah. The CMPU, it's happening. And Scott Haskin, full disclosure, you're one of his heralds. If he's Galactus, you're at least Silver Surfer. Maybe you're he's a Silver Axe. Surfer. That's, that's right. a you know you're you're one of them. You're one of those people. So you're just gonna have to just make peace with it and uh enjoy being on more podcasts of bands you know nothing about because Corey's going to bring you into it so no there's your there's your fair warning uh gonna make anywho. you listen to squonk look out oh no he'll dig that hold on wait get ready I, I for need, lots of man of war yeah i need nick jones here if i'm going to start talking about genesis but uh center swing <laughs> let's just finish that one off uh the, the fans on the polls ranked this one fourth. It was 89.1% what wow, dreams are made okay. of. 10.9% right. yes. the okay. dream is over. That's respectable for all the fans, yes. Uh, let, let's go through some of our uh, special guest center swing. was fifth on Eric Senich's, uh sixth on Chris L. I think I mentioned that. Steve Roth uh, had this one fifth. Uh, third 
on Darren Paltrowitz's list uh, from the DLR right. cast. Uh, Steve Rosen had this one second. So he's a big fan of this. And Greg wow. Renoff, of course, the author of a great Van Halen book, he had this one seventh. Uh, Jeff Goble also had it seventh. Whoa. Kelsey had it seventh. Uh, Sitter Swing for Greg Prado was third. Uh, let's see. Uh, Todd, uh, Sean's brother, Todd, had this one seventh. Uh, Johnny yep. Bean had it seventh. And Kyle Anderson had it uh, fifth. What is happening? Yeah. I am, Big variance I am so confused by that. So uh, Man, I, I demand I explanations from, from all well, of you out there. It would have been well, a let's weird see what you... party. Now, now that we have number five, let's see if you guys agree that uh, this one should have ranked ahead of Center Swing. That's right, number five, Dirty Movies. Total points, 157. So it had uh, 11 more points in Center Swing. Highest ranking was number one on one ballot. Its lowest ranking was ninth on two ballots. So it finished ninth on two ballots, eighth on two ballots, uh, seventh on four ballots, sixth on six ballots. Uh, its main, the average was pretty much fifth. Ten votes for fifth. Uh, fourth was sixth. Third was second. Second place first. First place first. So Dirty Movies coming in at number five. It, should this have been ranked ahead of Center uh, Swing? Let's discuss. Well... Uh, full disclosure, this was my number three, so it number just three. beat Swing, and um, I, I think just because uh, this is the so now we're in the my top three uh, with this track, but my top three just uh, I don't know they just they just hit real real hard, and uh, I go back to our show uh, when we discussed dirty movies, and it was kind of an eye opening experience listening to it because I don't. I didn't have a recollection of jamming it very often prior to our show. And uh, once I did, I got really into it. And then I got more into it. And I've, I've listened to it a whole bunch. And I, I don't know why, but there's just something about it that just really latched on to me. Like uh, not so much an earworm, but more so just uh, uh, a song that you can't get out of your head. And uh, you might as well embrace the chaos or hate it forever and i didn't want to burn it down because it was just it was too good so uh but i couldn't i couldn't give it the, the number one or two status obviously but uh it just just barely beats center swing and that's why it's my number three so do i think it needs to be number five i won't protest against it because i think that's a respectable place for it to be in my opinion uh but i think uh, scott everett has a different opinion what what uh, where'd you put it scott no, I had it right here. I feel really good. Ah, I'm okay. bored, so I had it right here. And again, the, the, love this song. I love what Alex does on this song. Just yeah. is amazing. I mean, I'm not always... Alex always doesn't always stand out. I think he's a phenomenal drummer, but this is one song where he stands out, and I think he's great. The whole song's great. And again, this is just going to get really tough as we go along. So I, I had it right here, though. It's not their heaviest. It's not their uh, uh, swingiest. Uh, but there's just something about it. It's got some charm. Uh, Scott Monroe, how about you? Well, I'm probably going to get some shit here. I, I placed it eighth. 
Uh, you know, yeah. Um, I, wow. And I, I shudder to think if it's because I have five kids now and this is not one that I would play out loud for them. Uh, <laughs> that might be it. Probably. That might be it. That might be it. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a great track, but um, it just it doesn't when you compare it with all of the other heavy hitters for me, it just it falls down in the order. Um, I'm, I'm not going to knock it for anything in particular. Um, it, it's definitely that the harmonies are great. Uh, the groove is great. Um, I just I can't rank it higher in comparison to everything else. Re- gotta respect it, even if I completely disagree with it. It's fine. Uh, um, Sean, how about yourself, man? Oh God, you're gonna hate me. <laughs> I, I did rank. I ranked this one as seven. This used to be my favorite. My when I when I first stole the cassette from my brother's room, uh, and it went missing for six months in my room. The first three tracks were like my my favorite three tracks on here, and they were the ones I listened to all the time. And as you progress through your years of listening to such a great album, some songs move ahead in the order and some songs move back. I listened to those three songs maybe too much. Maybe that's why they don't rank as high anymore. But, I mean, it's a great song. And listening to it just, just now, just like the few seconds we listened to it, it's like, shit, I should have ranked this higher, shouldn't I have? It's just... <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yeah but, probably it is what it is but no 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 that you bring up... like, <laughs> no well, <laughs> i don't know about that but uh but it's 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 like uh i mean i've mentioned before i tomorrow i could have a completely different opinion because you know music is subjective and some songs are going to hit you harder some days than others so uh you were obviously in a, not in the this mood. Album, th- different batch of edibles yeah. but especially then, this album know. Could be, could be. <laughs> so yeah, it's all good, but uh, you know that's that is where it falls. Uh, I'm going to take a giant leap here and say this one falls pretty low on the list for a Scott Haskin. Am I correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey knows. Yep. Uh, yeah, this was my ninth. Um This was only the second song you know into the album and i was already like a minute in going do i need to listen to the whole song it just just didn't do anything for me it felt like they're pulling every Mm. trick that they can to make it interesting um like we'll just add that little extra beat here and and kind of throw things off people will go for that um it just i don't know it just it just did not strike me as a song i'd ever want to hear again Mm. slide didn't land yeah Yeah. It just uh, well, you know, as as Scott has point has pointed out before, very uh, like to his credit, not the typical shit he goes for. So yeah. you know, we, we we could not have expected it to uh, rank so so high. Hence, why I said I assume this one was pretty low on his list, and it was the lowest. So uh, there you go. But hey, you know, again, subjective. It's all there. Um, yeah, I just. Mm, I don't, and I'm not the only Scott's, one. I think there were two votes no, you're not the. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're not the only one. So I can't. I can't get too too mad at you. Uh, Chris L. I'm curious. Where did Dirty Movies land for you? Uh, Actually, I'm pretty sure. Corey. Yeah, you should ask Corey. But ask I think Corey. I. I think I know this one. I know. I, I think I'm got a better idea moving forward here. But I'm pretty sure I had this seventh. Yep. Right. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and and that's what I was getting at before. It's like I would. I felt okay about having Sinner swing at six as long as it was above dirty movies. But again, wow. we're getting to that that thing where everything except uh, the last two tracks, they're 
almost interchangeable really and something's got a rank near the bottom and um you know this one would be uh was was seventh for me but um you know you've got just eddie playing slide guitar there's no shred solo from eddie in this one so it makes it a little unusual the little sort of syncopated interlude before the prom queen breakdown is pretty cool and but in general just the the uh the whole uh lyrical content and it's this is pretty much uh just like another david lee roth uh, encapsulation of like everything he's about like nobody else on earth would write a song like that it's just so unique and interesting uh perspective on things and and the other thing that's unusual it's like when you get the album and you're looking at the song titles it's like dirty movies is in quotes you're like why is that in quotes why is there an exclamation point at the end of sinner's swing and you just get the impression that roth is just like yeah put quotes on that one exclamation point on that one why Uh, just because i want them there you know there's just no explanation for it and it just kind of added a little bit to the uh intrigue but um it's a cool song for me but there's just the the other material is just so strong that it just got bumped down to seven all right well again it's like i get it but at the same time i don't get it it's fine but it's fine uh chaz how about you are you gonna restore some order here uh, I'm actually on the middle line on this one. So I'm right where everybody else was with five. Um, oh, so okay. for me though, um, I, I mean, I could easily be sitting here and waxing like, uh, why didn't I rank this higher? This song for me, um, I love the story. You know, it's, uh, I was the same way when I saw the album and I was like, you know, why, why was it treated that way? And why was the exclamation point the other way? Yeah. You know, I, I questioned that stuff too. And then when I, kind of remember listening to the story and going, oh God, there were a couple of girls in high school where you're like, oh, you know, yeah, I can see that happening to her. I mean, I can remember that being a conversation, like who would be the girl that ends up like the girl in Dirty Movies? So, you know, I mean, uh, again, this was like peak of the high school years and when, you know, we were all horn dogs running around. And so uh, just the whole idea, right? That because especially too, um, where I grew up, just so close to New York City, the idea that like girls that we grew up with could end up in the city and end up in a dirty movie was like, you know, a funny thing that we thought, yeah, it could actually happen. So, you know, we were just that way. We were just a bunch of horny young kids. And uh, this one for me could have easily probably been anywhere between three and five. So, you know, like I said, I think when it came down to it, the songs that are ahead of it, I just love more. Um, but you know, again, this was, again, uh, when you talk about Van Halen being dangerous and something your parents wouldn't want you to know anything about, you know, turning it off when he hears, you know, uh, you know, the word fuck. I mean, if, if your parents were to hear and understand the context of this song, right. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, so, uh, especially yeah. at that time. Hey, uh, my parents were like, if it doesn't have a parental advisory, uh, sticker emblem on it, then it must be okay. Right. Oh, this was before that. Oh, this was right yeah, before that. that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. That's yeah. before that. So more years. Yeah. But uh, but also, my folks were big into Van Halen, so they they were like, whatever, just listen to what you want. Yeah, uh, but my parents but, had uh, no idea what was going on with the lyrics. You know, no. Oh, of idea. course not. Of oh, course yeah. not. Yeah, many people don't <laughs> until until they do, and then it's like, oh my god. 
And what uh, I like to tell my kids is that they, like, they were they were my babysitters growing up. So Eddie and Dave and Mike and Alex, those were my babysitters. That's who I learned from. So MTV, Van Halen, that was it. They were your authority figures. And speaking of authority and Van Halen, Eric Sinich has joined us on hey. the live show. Oh, what is up, Eric? I'm sorry. I got the wrong. I thought this was that metal show. Is this Eddie Trump? No, no. no sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was going to call yeah, in to see what's sorry. going on with Vinnie Vincent. I'll, I'll, sorry, oh, yeah. guys. Take care. <laughs> sorry. We're not, we're not talking about Dio tonight. So, uh, you know, or you got joining. If it's Vinnie Vincent talk, I want to hear all about it. <laughs> What's up, guys? No, Adrian Vandenberg. Dare I say, look at all the people here tonight. One, two, Ooh, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight. And is that Chris L? I see. Oh, my it God. Is. That's a wild Chris L. You see him. That is correct. Uh, before I throw it over, uh, throw it over to Eric real quick. But uh, Corey, uh, where where did you put uh, uh, dirty movies? Well, before I get to that, I just want to mention when it comes to swearing and songs. Uh, when I was eight years old, we had the eight track for the rodeo song, which I don't think anyone on the panel probably knows the rodeo song. It's a Canadian tune. Uh, I know it. Sean knows it. Yep. The, yeah. the, the first verse is well, it's yeah. forty below. Yeah, the first verse is, well, it's 40 below and I don't give a fuck. Got a heater in my truck and I'm off to the rodeo. So uh, that's what I grew up listening to. So fair warning was no a problem haiku? for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the, the whole Rose song is, yeah. Jin's next album. There you go. Yeah, the, the chorus is, you piss me off, fucking jerks get on my nerves. So oh, typical Canadian. So, we had that in Detroit. I, I didn't recognize it by the title, but that the chorus you just mentioned. Yeah, we had that. I remember that one. Downtown, down in <laughs> I, North Canada. That's right. Here comes Johnny with his pecker in his hand. He's a one bald man, and he's off to the rodeo. Yep. That'll be my next I've... podcast. Wait, I've heard that line. Holy shit! Do I know this song? <laughs> this Maybe you guys all know the face of everything song. I Maybe. think about Canada. Wow. <laughs> yeah. hey, someone, yeah, someone, indeed. submit it to uh, Pot of Thunder, please. Oh, I might. Yeah, good call. I'm a patron. I'm going to do that. But I, I, I'm kind of one. locked. I'm lockstep with uh, Chris L here. I had this one seventh as well. Uh, Dirty Movies is the one wow. we're on. Uh, Eric, uh, on our movies. official rankings, it yeah, it finished fifth. Uh, we'll, we'll get to you and your rankings here in a second. Uh, overall, it was fifth overall. I had it seventh. Uh, I, I, I dig the song fine. Like my five, six, seven, eight are pretty interchangeable. I think I was in a bad mood because I just heard the uh, Chris Jericho Anvil Mad Dog episode of Pot of Thunder, and uh, a a Anvil is a really you know not a great band. But uh, what I, I... <laughs> metal on metal, baby? Come on, yeah, they're okay. They're okay. Oh. They're they're. School when, when of come, love. Come on. You're, you're doing a Rush podcast. You're doing a good Canadian band, or at least better than Anvil. But it's one of the I, greatest comeback stories in metal history. Well, the, the movie right. is fantastic, but and I, I shouldn't speak too uh, poorly of uh, Anvil because Chris, of course, has his fake uh, uh, Anvil. Was it Anvil Metal Pounder fucking card or something? Fake. Metal what pounder. are you talking about, man? <laughs> That shit got me on Air Force One, didn't you hear that? That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> flash that thing out, you can go anywhere you want on this planet. <laughs> yes. There's VIP, yes. and then there's the Anvil Metal Pounder card. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, seventh for me, I, I like Dirty Movies fine. I don't know, I was just in a bad mood that day. But for our uh, our fans on the polls, Dirty Movies was eighth. So the uh, it's actually the last ranked song, oh. according to the poll. But it's still 81%. What dreams are made of? Nineteen percent. Uh, this dream is over. So still, then the eighth you track mean. on Fair Warning is still better than oh. anything on Van Halen Three, right? So yeah, but eighty-one percent—that's no. one of Dave's lowest. That is, yeah, that's pretty yeah. low for a Dave track. Now, yep. Eric Senich, uh, you had uh, Dirty Movies at number six, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Number six. 
explain this yourself. Is, I mean, this is yes. Uh, well, it's 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 impossible. It's it's hard to even have anything at number nine. I mean, all of the songs are stellar, but when you uh, when you look at the other tracks on the album, Dirty Movies at six, I guess makes sense. Uh, but this is classic Dave right here. The lyrics. Um, uh, what's what's the line? Um, Remember when that girl was prom, prom queen? queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, that's, that's classic. Oh, Dave right wow. there. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So that's yep. a, that's a strong six. Cause I had that. What push comes to shove at seven. <laughs> So am I am Never I allowed been. to say or what? Am I, yeah, yeah. No, right, we we've already covered sure nine through. Okay. Uh, yeah. Push oh, comes shit. Shove we seven. haven't gotten push comes to shove yet. Wow. Alan Tate yeah, said apologies to Gary. I think we uh, have to take a drink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sunday afternoon in the park. Eight. One foot out the door. Nine. Yeah. Uh, and just to, to catch you up, Eric, uh, the official and the podcast will walk rankings uh, based on all of our listeners on our special guest was one foot out the door was ninth. Sunday afternoon in the park was eighth. Push comes to shove was seventh. Center swing was sixth. Dirty movies five, and that's where we are right now. All right, that doesn't yeah, not, not surprise. You say all right? That's predict. I I would predict that. I think that's uh, a fair assessment. If Unchained was anywhere down on the bottom, then we'd have Mariano. <laughs> we'd yeah, have yeah, that would be shocking. <laughs> I, well, I don't I know. We still, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we, I should mention uh, our good friend Kelsey had Dirty Movies ranked number one, so she wow, was the one. All that right, tracks. <laughs> Way to go, Kelsey! Look, there's still uh, plenty. Uh, there's still plenty of time. We still what uh, we've got. Uh, what four more songs? So there's plenty of time to disappoint us, um, because <laughs> that's what these rankings and polls seem to do sometimes. So, hey everyone, Corey from End the Podcast will rock here. Uh, our little live show here uh, went a little longer than we anticipated. Uh, it actually went two hours and 48 minutes, so we're splitting this episode into two. So uh, please uh, join us for part two of our fair warning rankings with our esteemed panel and uh, find out what song finished number one from this classic album. But until then, on behalf of Mark Meyer, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you all in part two. Part two.